Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to Locker Talk, where you hear about NFL starts of tomorrow today on the Baxter News Radio Network, where you will hear about NFL starts of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDadSupport.com. I hope everyone is safe or where they are. Listen to this show. Thank you for tuning in. And if you guys have any questions at any time, please make sure you guys shoot me a message on any one of my social handles, on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram. Locker Report 100, all small caps, and on Facebook, uh, LockerReport.com. And make sure you check me out on a Locker Talk podcast also on Facebook. Well, hope everyone is jacked up and fired up for this week in the NFL. I tell you, it's definitely going to be a great cast of games this weekend. Not going to be a lot of games because we have more teams now that's on the bye. However, it's still the NFL. It's still going to be some great news out there. It's still going to be some awesome stuff going on the field, especially when it comes down to the NFL regional combine players because these guys are rocking and rolling this year. And the best part about this whole thing is that not only are the players doing things in a big way on the field, the best part is that we have some players from the regional combine platform that had to wait their turn, so to speak. We had several players that had to you know, wait for an opportunity to come so that they can be able to have an opportunity to really showcase and be the type of NFL players that they had always believed that they could uh, become. So that's the best part about it. So we're going to talk about several players who, in a sense, had to, I would say, go through the process nonetheless to be able to be able to do, or better yet, to garner the respect from the coaches, so they can show to them to show to them that they can play in this league. Now, just because um, players go through a workout session or they go through um, what goes on in Indy with the scouting process or even the regional combine, there's still things they have to go through and things that they have to make sure that they are able to accomplish, so they can be able to prove to coaches, prove to their peers that they can play on this level because this level of the NFL, I tell you, is unlike anything that's out there. Um, we always, I always hear a lot of people talk about how, you know, one guy can run fast, why this guy didn't get signed, why this guy didn't make it. You know, it, it, it's more than just catching the ball. It's more than just running. It's more than just being able to say, hey, you can make a couple of stops and make a couple of tackles. It's more to it than that. 
So when you think about um, football, it's not only being able to perform on the field, but also how you're able to carry yourself off the field, how much of a good teammate you are, how strong you can be, how disciplined and diligent you can be for each other. That's where it comes down when it comes down to um, being a professional. And we have a lot of, we have several players from the NFL regional combine platform that has been able to showcase and be able to, to show that after waiting years and years for their turn to come, for the opportunity to come, they finally, finally have an opportunity to show what they're doing. So we're going to talk about a couple of those players, how they were able to wait their turn and then all of a sudden find a niche and found the home in with an NFL football team. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bastard News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. Now, before we get into some good stuff today, I will give you a lineup that not only we want to talk about players, but we also want to talk about NFL officiating. Yes, what I call the NFL caretakers. NFL caretakers, as everyone knows, I do cover the, the officials as well, how I go to their clinics, and to be able to be around these guys to be able to understand the process, I tell you, it's remarkable um, just being in their presence um, to be able to get an understanding and then to at the same time report on something that is not really open for everyone to be a part of. So to be a part of that is definitely a privilege and I, something I definitely do not, um, uh, I do not take for granted. But we're going to talk about those guys, talk about some good highlights that they had so far from weeks one up to week five. But before we get into that, we definitely want to talk about the NFL regional combine players. And there were some players that did some great things on you know, in week six. And I highlighted uh, wasn't, I would say, a big free-for-all like it has been the past weeks, but there was still uh, some good stuff there nonetheless. Now, one of the players. Now, I know when we talk about players, a lot of people want to think about, okay, well, they don't. You know, it's all about the quarterbacks or the running backs. It's all about the, the big position players. However, special team players play a major role too. And, yes, I'm talking about kickers. Kickers play a major role. Then they pretty much like one, I would say, outside of a quarterback, what is the most important position in the NFL, or better yet, the most underrated position in the NFL? And it's the kicker. Everybody want to talk about, hey, this is the only thing they can do. This is what they they should this, they should be able to do that every time. They should make every field goal. That's all they got to do is just kick. But everyone want to criticize the kicker and think that their job is easy. But when you have to stand out there and kick a 50-yard field goal in Augusta wind or in inclement weather or when you have big bodies coming at you at um, the quickest speed possible, then all of a sudden you have most people that will cringe and you probably have about less than 1% of, a, of the people on the planet that would have the poise enough to be able to kick that ball in the distance with all that pressure, going up against the elements. So a lot of people want to criticize these guys, but a lot of people don't want their job. I know I definitely want, don't want their job. And one person, one of the players that came through the regional combine that does a great job at it is Brian McManus, the kicker for the Denver Broncos. Now, now Brandon has been fantastic. Now, just to give a little perspective on kickers so far this year. So far, field goal attempts, not extra point attempts. There were 363 field goals attempts this year, and 53 of those were missed. Now, across the league, that averages out to be 
68% of field goals made. So far this season, through six um, six weeks, the, se- the season is trending towards the worst season ever in terms of field goal percentages, dating back to 2003 when they finished the season around 79%. So they had no they had to get better than that. We know that some there were some changes made with you know extra attempts, you know, I mean extra points, but we're not talking about the extra points. That's a whole new statistic itself. But teams win and the need for kickers to make sure they make their field goals. Now, there are not a lot of clutch kickers that's in the league, but Brandon McManus is one of them. He's pretty much automatic. If every team had a McManus, trust me, a lot of teams would not be missing field goals. Bryant this season had only missed one field goal. He's 12 out of 13, but the one and the only one he missed, that was from 58 yards, respectfully. Not too many people going to make too many of them more than 55, but he missed a 58-yard field goal. Okay, you know, that's nothing major. But other than that, he's been perfect across the board. And in a game going up against the New England Patriots in week six, when they needed every possible point, knowing that the that field positioning was very important in this game and points came at a premium, they needed every last point from Brian McManus, and they got every last point from Brian McManus. Um, I'm not my Brian, but Brandon McManus. Now, Brandon went six for six in field goals as he nailed a 20-yarder, a 27-yarder, a 44, 45, 52, and a 54-yard field goal. They needed all 18 of those points in order for them to be able to have the opportunity to beat the, um, the New England Patriots, which they did on the road. Brian McManus pretty much had been the most consistent Bronco since the team's Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 50. So he's been a constant. He has been pretty much their rock on offense. After winning this, I mean, after winning that game, carrying the team pretty much on his back, being pretty much their only offense that day, he garnered for two and two back-to-back games. He garnered the AFC Special Team Player over the week honors. So two times this year, Going back to week four when they played against the New York Jets where he nailed three field goals and hit four extra tries, he was the AFC special teams player for the week in week four, and he wrapped up week six as the special teams player of the week. So far, so good. Like he's going to go right back to the Pro Bowl where he belongs. So Brandon McManus, good showing in week six for carrying your team the way you did. Jacksonville Jaguars. Wide receiver Keenan Cole had the best game of his career as he hauled in six catches for 143 yards. That was a strong outing. Unfortunately, they lost, but Keenan Cole is starting to really take that number one position due to being that number one guy. I know they were looking at for someone else to step up, but no one didn't expect this Division II kid um, to come out of nowhere to become a leader in this league. So quietly, he's been pretty much one of the best and most consistent wide receivers during the first half of this infancy of the 2020 NFL campaign. He leads the Jaguars in in receptions with 27. He leads them in receiving yards with 362. And he is tied for first on the team in touchdown receptions with three. So Keenan Cole is definitely doing his thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars 
this year. Now, when I started the show, I talked about how some players coming through the NFL regional combine, how they had to pretty much pay their dues, so to speak, to be able to get into a situation where they could get the respect from the coaches, their teammates, to really show that they could play in this league. And one of these players that had really stepped up this year has been um, Terrell Adams. Terrell Adams came through the process in 2017, and he bounced around the league for several years. I mean, um, came through the league in 2000, came through the regional combine process in 2016, excuse me. And he bounced around a lot of teams in the league. You know, he was with the Chiefs. He was with the Colts for a good period of time. But he wound up landing with the Houston Texans um, last year. And with the Houston Texans last year, he didn't get a chance to really get into the field of play towards the end of the season where he was able to really show and maximize his talent. Now, he finished the regular season leading the team in the, um, in the contest um, against the, um, the Chiefs and he was able to finish with um, seven tackles in that game. So coming into this season, they knew that he was going to be uh, an adequate part for this defense. You know, he made his money. He made a career so far being on special teams, but he's a hybrid type of linebacker that really have to get out there on the field to really show what he can do. So that's what he was able to, to do when he was with the Texans last year. Now coming to this season, they knew they had to use him, came in, fired up, came in shape, was ready to go, didn't miss a beat, uh, was able to avoid the corona-19 uh, uh, virus uh, during that pandemic. So he came in, took care of himself, took care of his body, and he wound up leading the Texans in tackling for two weeks in a row against a highly contested team, against the Tennessee Titans. He was able to lead the team in tackles as he finished with eight and also garnered his first NFL sack in this game. In the third quarter, 10 minutes, 13 seconds left, Tennessee Titans was facing second and eight from the Texans' 14-yard line. Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill received the ball from shotgun formation, and received. And when he received the ball from shotgun formation, running back Derrick Henry actually stepped to the inside to pick up a block, but Adams came flying around the backside, beating the left guard, and he wrapped up Tannehill and brought him down for an eight-yard loss, earning his first NFL sack. Now, clearly, clearly, Adams is having himself a solid, solid career season. And we're going to see a lot more of Adams as the season progresses, as the Houston Texans are still trying to find ways to put wins together. But knowing they have this young man back there as a linebacker doing his thing to try to help his team win these games, Watch out for number 50 from the Texans. You're listening to Locker Talk on the Bastard News Radio Network. We're here about NFL stars of tomorrow today. We're going to take a quick pause, and when we come back, we're going to talk about officiating. We're going to talk about what these guys were able to do, how they nailed some solid on, um, solid live speed on the field contact call. So make sure you guys turn right back in. Greetings and great day, everyone. I am Elder Janelle Strickland, host of the Life Cafe radio broadcast from Maximizing Life 
Family Worship Center. I invite you to tune in every Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in, maximize your life with the Word of God, and be blessed. Only on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Tune in to You and the Law with Chief Virgil Green and Chief Keith Humphrey. The show focuses on law enforcement and their relationship with the black community while letting you know your legal rights as a citizen when confronted by the police. Listen live every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com and the podcast every Monday through Sunday at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. All right, here we go. Thank you for turning in to Locker Talk. Welcome back to Locker Talk, home of the Bastion News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow. And make sure you guys tune in to Bastion News Radio Show with your host, L.A. Bassler. The show discusses issues of race, politics, policing, injustice, and quality religion and sports that affect the black, the brown, and poor people negatively. Make sure you tune in and watch this rebroadcast Every day from 8 a.m. Um, 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. So make sure you check out the L.A. Bachelor News Show with the host, L.A. Bachelor. Now, getting back to some good stuff, dealing with the NFL, uh, we talked about what happened in week six. And now we're going to just take a little turn, go a different direction in terms of sports coverage. And I know that. You know, when it comes down to NFL officiating, all we hear is just the negatives. You don't really hear too much about the positives. But in today's show, we're going to focus on some positives because just like NFL players, we always have people that think that, hey, you know, they can play in the NFL uh, because they can catch this and they can run this fast and uh, be quiet. You can't. You know, I see it all the time, you know, going to work out, mechanics, you know, it's almost like a waste of time with a lot. So I listen to it going one ear and out the other. NFL officiated the same exact way. You know, you may look at the games on television and you probably say to yourself, how can they not see that? What, what they doing out there on the field? they like, they right there. Folks, I'll tell you firsthand, and you may have heard this many a time, but the live speed on the NFL is no joke. I mean, the first time I was on the sideline of an NFL game was when the Redskins played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had to go back into the press box because it was just too fast. I mean, just couldn't keep up. That's how fast it is out there on the field. And for these guys to be able to stand there, follow the process in live speed, it takes a lot. Not everyone can do it. Now, we know about the technology. We know about what's going on in New York. Uh, we know about what they have at Game Day Central, which the technology helps, you know, I would say helps to advance officiating. But true officiating still comes on the field. And these officials, they really get up for making these calls and nail them on the field correctly. Being with these guys in the mini clinics and going to their clinics, knowing how they take their craft um, seriously, it's almost like they're professional athletes of how competitive they are and wanted to make sure they nail it right. So I commend these guys for what they're going to do. And we're going to commend these guys for so, uh, what they've done so far this season. Now, week one, Miami Dolphins facing the New England Patriots. Now, with a minute and three seconds left in the third quarter, 
The Pacers was looking to put the game away against the Dolphins, who had the lead 14-3. Pacers quarterback Cam Newton took the ball from under center and went play action rolling out to his right. On the run, Newton connected with wide receiver Nikhil Herring on a slant, on a slant cross in the field. Harry was sprinting towards the end zone, heading towards the pylon, when Dolphins linebacker Jerome Baker was trailing him. Now, Baker grabbed Harry from behind, and while he was crashing into the end zone, it looked like it was an apparent score. But the ball fell out. Instead of focusing on the reaction of the players, primarily the Dolphins, because they were saying that the ball was out as a touchback, as a t- touchback, Phil Judd, Mike Quirk, from Adrian Hill's crew followed the process thoroughly. Line judge, line judge Kevin Cody walked up the sideline to confer with Jim. After processing the play quickly, Jim signaled a touchback. Now, while falling on the turf, Baker forced Herring to lose the ball slightly before his knee hit the ground. The ball rolled and rolled into the end zone, then out of bounds. By rules, if the loose ball fumble into the end zone, then out of bounds, it's a touchback. So Quirk recognized that the no body part of Herring hit the ground prior to the ball coming loose. He nailed the call as he was dedicated to the process while the players was crashing towards his feet. Solid focus and awareness on Quake's part in nailing that play on the field. Week two. Now, week two had a lot of good plays, so make sure you guys keep up with me on this one. Week two, Denver Broncos versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers having a fantastic year. Now, hey, man, Chiefs, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Don't 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 think y'all going to go back that fast. You know, the Steelers, nothing to play with. Now, Adrian Hill's crew was at work again, so they strikes again in this matchup. With three minutes and 14 seconds left in regulation, the Broncos went down. The, the Broncos were down by five and needed a touchdown to secure the win. Now facing first and ten from the Steelers' 45-yard line, Broncos quarterback Jeff Truskell received the ball from shotgun formation, dropped back and threw the ball deep across the middle of the field to tight end Noah Faint. Now the ball was coming in hot, so Noah had to lift his hands, and the ball hit off his right hand causing the ball to bobble in the air. As the ball was floating in the air, that's when Noah quickly corralled the floating ball as he was running out of bounds. Now, Noah started the signal, basically saying that he knew he caught the pass. So he was doing the complete pass sign. Seconds later, side judge Keith Washington and Cody made eye contact before starting to approach each other, and then that's when Washington signaled the complete catch. When Noah got control of the ball with both hands, his left foot was inbound. But with a pinch of green showing between his left foot, slightly landing inside, inbounds by his toes. That was great awareness by Washington and great crew support from Cody in that matchup. In week two, the Washington football team versus the Arizona Cardinals. Now, in this contest, the Cardinals was looking to try to put the, uh, the, um, put the, the Washington Redskins team away. And so in this game, official Land Clark and his crew had this one. And with a whole bunch of plays that were made in this game, Clark and his crew was looking to make one of their own. So with three minutes and 33 seconds left in the first half, the Cardinals 
face first and 10 from the 36-yard line. Cardinals quarterback Kyler uh, Murray rolled deep to his right, scoped the field, and he eventually stopped on the dime and threw deep down the right side of the field to wide receiver Christian Kirk, now covered by Washington quarterbacks um, Ronald Roby. Kirk was a step ahead when the ball was coming down. Now, Kirk caught the pass by the sideline as he fell out of bounds. Side judge Scott Edwards was all over the execution, and without hesitation, Edwards signaled the play dead but ruled a complete catch. When Kirk went for the ball, he extended his right leg while he was planted. While attempting to secure the ball, he slightly dragged his left foot by his toes inbounds before crossing out of bounds. Fantastic concentration by Kirk and solid attention to detail by Edwards. That was a good call. Still in week two, the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, you guys probably know where I'm going at with this particular highlight. In the third quarter, with seven minutes and 14 seconds left on the clock, the Seahawks were set for another Russell Wilson Classic. On second and three, Wilson received the ball from shotgun and quickly glanced the field. With pressure approaching, Wilson launched a deep ball down the field to the Patriots, I mean from the Patriots' 37-yard line towards the end zone to wide receiver David Moore as Patriots cornerback Jason McCourty was drenched and draped all over him. Moore caught the ball while falling backwards at the front post of the end zone by the pylon. It appeared that he did not get both feet in bounds. Fortunately, Phil Judge, uh, Dave Hawkshaw of Craig Ronstadt's crew was there, and he quickly put the notion to bed that Moore was out of bounds because he ruled it a touchdown after he thoroughly followed through the process of the catch. When Moore secured the ball, his left foot was on the turf but he brought his right foot into the pylon. pylon. However, Moore still slid his right foot back, keeping it in bounds, slightly eliminating all doubt of being a catch. It was a remarkable catch from Moore's part and also great recognition from the process of Hank Shaw. Week three, Tennessee Titans against the Minnesota Vikings. My friend, referee, Cleve Blakeman and his crew, these guys was up next. The Vikings trailed by one with 10 minutes and 22 seconds left in regulation. Quarterback Kirk Cousins took the ball from center and dropped back. Under immense pressure, Cousins quickly tossed the ball into the back part of the end zone. Vikings tight end Cal Rudolph was prowling the back part of the end zone as normal. Rudolph stretched out his left hand and hauled the ball while falling, hauled, hauled the ball in while falling out of bounds. From a quick glance, it looked like his white foot did not come down in time. Thank goodness Scott Heverson of the crew was did not use the normal eyes as you and I have when we're watching the game because he was able to follow the process during the situation and intensely follow the whole execution and ruled it a touchdown. Highlight detail that when Rudolph secured the ball with both hands while falling out of bounds, his left foot was stable inbounds. Nevertheless, his right foot was coming down, and the tip of his toe nipped the turf slightly before sliding out, nailing 
the complete touchdown pass. Scott nailed the correct call. Great stuff on Scott's part. In week five, the New York Giants facing the Dallas Cowboys. Now, in this game, line judge Carl Johnson and field judge Nate Jones, they were a part of Craig Weinstein's um, crew for this matchup. And these caretakers took care of the game on back-to-back plays. Tied at 34-all, Cowboys was on 27-yard line as they faced first and 10. Cowboys quarterback Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton lined up a shotgun, received the ball from the snap, scrambled to his right-hand side, kept his eyes down the field, and saw Michael Gallup along the sidelines. Dalton threw the ball deep to the right to Gallup, and he caught the pass while falling out of bounds. In live speed, it looked like Gallup was out. But through the process of Johnson and Jones' eyes, Gallup caught the pass inbounds with both feet in, and as they both was approaching each other, they were signaling the catch because Gallup slightly had both feet inbounds when he had control of the ball. And then the very next play, first and 10 from the 46-yard line, Dalton received the ball for shotgun, checked to his right, um, checked to his left, looked to his right, saw Gallup again while he was covered by Giants cornerback Ryan Lewis. With no question, threw the ball, Gallup caught the ball. The question was, was he inbounds? Johnson gave a definitive yes. As Gallup hauled in the ball with his right foot, he slightly brought his left foot down, and was still dragging his right foot while it was inbound. Johnson fouled the process from start to finish, nailed the right call in live speed as a complete catch. The officials know what they're doing out there, folks. No one's perfect. Nothing's perfect under the sun. But these guys are closest thing to it. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Locker Talk. We'll hear about NFL starts tomorrow today here on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you guys can find all types of programming with great content, to be talked about. You guys can follow me, any one of my social handles on Twitter, Locker underscore, on Instagram, LockReport100, all small caps, on Facebook, LockReport.com, and also make sure you check out the Locker, Part, Locker Talk podcast on Facebook. Everyone stay blessed. Make sure you guys enjoy week seven. We're going to talk about week week and then get right into week eight. Everyone stay blessed. Talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.